Good evening, Melrosians the world over. I'm Tom Catalini. I'm Tom Shampoo. And that's all you got for tonight. Oh, my God. Who left this alone? I am not Jen LeClaire. Oh, I feel so alone. I am not Sam Hammer. I mean, wow. Nonetheless, this is this is Let's Talk Melrose Melrose. It is a show where Melrosians talk to Melrosians about Melrose. And uh, that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. A little taste of it here. That's some that's some local Melrose music right there. Here we go. Local. Yeah, vibes. so we got a couple. Of, we got a couple of musicians. We got the uh, the real deal here tonight. Yes. A couple of a couple of local musicians from Melrose who recently put out some albums. We're going to talk to them. We're going to find out about the music scene and and all of that. Um, I'm looking forward and, to it. It should be exciting. And we're going to have to do it by ourselves. So Jen's on hiatus. <laughs> uh, uh, doing whatever her thing is uh and sam couldn't make it tonight uh but yeah. jen did text in um if you got that photo her, from her friend um audrey at melrose high school sure yeah, put up this bracelet yeah so jen did text us in some news from the high school so uh, audrey is a freshman over there at mhs and they're making these bracelets for five dollars a piece to raise money uh, for Ukraine, and we can we can see a nice photo of it and what it represents here. Very uh, nice. So it's, a, it's a nice initiative. It's happening inside the the high school, and they've got a Google form order form to do all of that. It's not yet sort of available to the public. We'd like to help Audrey promote that and the kids that are trying to do something uh, to raise money for the people of Ukraine and to yep. do it in a, in a nice way. You know, those those bracelets maybe are making a comeback. It's and I like that it's not the uh, the rubbery one. You know, that yes, looks like that, a nice, nice beaded bracelet. Right. It looks like it was purchased by, you know, by, uh, and purchased. It, it was created by hand. It was made. It wasn't just like a purchase, like those rubber bands that you're talking about. So, right. So I could wear it, uh, you know, casual. I could, with a casual outfit, I could wear it upscale. I think it works uh, for all occasions. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> all right. <laughs> All right, day so, to evening they say day to evening tom that's what they say right. <laughs> all right uh, should, we, should we move on to the news tell the people what's going on uh, yes uh for sure uh, they're you look anxious distracted to tonight you you doing okay i'm fine i was reading the actually the reading this the show doc and so i was i guess i am distracted <laughs> that, some Here people do that before the show but it's okay if you want yeah, to you know during everyone the has their own style tom some everyone has their own pay way. real time okay I, i'm practicing for the sam part because sam is always the one that reads to understand what's going on eh? sam is always the one who's not paying attention during the show that is true uh, and yet she still right. knows more than uh, both of us i'm sure combined so right <laughs> Right. That's the challenge. Uh, we can never yeah. keep up. So let's keep it moving and we'll, we'll yeah. try and uh, see what happens. I love it. There they are. <laughs> never too far away. There they are. Never too far away. That's yeah. right. So, hey, Tom, Healthy yes. Melrose is back. I'm excited about that. I have been to this before. If you have not been, it's really great. Um, Healthy Melrose is back. Uh, it's the first time since 2019, and it, this is the city's wellness and fitness fair, and it's over there on uh, Fred Green Field. We have 40 different vendors uh, this coming year. It's going to be May 7th uh, from 10 a.m. to 1.30 p.m., and again, it's 40 vendors. You can walk up and down and around the area, pick up different kinds of uh, information and materials and whatever else you want to do to stay fit, to stay healthy. Lots of folks have great information, great opportunities, so highly encourage folks to go up to that. 
It's a great one. It is a great event. I've been in the past. It's outside. There's stuff for the whole family, people of all ages. It's uh, yeah. and it's great. And then a lot of people walk over from different parts of town to get there. And yeah, it's nice. It's a healthy day. If it's a rainy day, or yeah. or what they say in the business, inclement weather, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's it's good to do some reading, right? And so we had the yeah. folks from Melrose Reads on a couple of weeks ago, and yeah. uh, coming up uh, next Wednesday on the twenty third at seven p.m. Uh, stories from the book. Um, I don't think we have the book title here. We don't. Uh, uh, yeah. Yes, but it's anyway. called it's called American Like Me by America Ferrara. Thank you. And these yes. are and, and these are stories that have the power to bring people together. This is a, a bunch of short stories that she collected. Uh, America Ferrara, who's a uh, an actress, um, about experiences about being American or being an immigrant into the American experience, and so. Um, that's a book that the library has on uh, has available. I think they had like eighty or ninety copies available for folks, but yeah, that is the book that they're reading. Mine's, for this, um, mine's overdue. They keep sending me uh, notices. I got to bring mine back because somebody else uh, somebody else needs it. Uh, so ah. here's the here's the link. Yep. To register for that. So okay. yeah. Uh, and then this is a so you should tell us about the the uh, the next one because I know you're you're. Uh, champion of this of years past oh i am the trivia yeah, well, yeah i know honorable mention you know <laughs> somewhere how somewhere about how about participant how about my participant trophy participant. Uh, i have been a participant in the uh 20 well this upcoming is, is the 21st annual i've been in it off and on for the last bunch of years and uh, I've, I've never seemed to pick a team that had any chance at all of winning this but uh it's always a fun night to go out and uh, you can even go as a spectator and just watch the teams, um, there's teams of three, uh, but this year, up to teams, I think it's five or six, and um, this will be an online version again, so it's a little bit different, but it is still fun to get together and, and kind of um, compete with other folks around town on the trivia. So that's going to be Saturday, March 26th, 7 p.m. Uh, registration is through this Friday, March 18th, so if you do want to do it, I can put the link in the chat. Yeah, if you do want to do it. It's the it's the bridge, the, the Melrose Bridge is the folk. folk and Julie there. Nolan is going to be spicing things up there. She's like emceeing it, or and or working in some SNL type uh, commercials, or she's she's spicing it up. When we had her in the oh, show, good. she talked about that. That yeah. reminds me, we didn't have this in the notes, but I know it's coming up. I think two weeks from yesterday, her show at the uh, Rising Eagle is on the twenty eighth of this month, which is the fundraiser for the school. She told us about on that yes. on that show. Yep. She mentioned that. That's right. And she's um and she's also very funny. So do do check that out as well, Julie Nolan. Yes. And uh Tree Plenish is back. Well, tell us more. <laughs> you know about <laughs> Tree Plenish. So again, the kids at the high school, what they're doing is trying to replenish the earth with the equivalent amount of paper that they've used throughout the year by uh, planting trees. And so yeah. it's like five bucks for a tree. Uh, you can get an Eastern red, red bud. You can get a red maple. You can get a flowering dogwood. Community members can get involved. Uh, so you put your order in, and then on April 30th is the day that they uh, deliver it right to your house, and then you plant it, and uh, the world is a better place. Yeah, there you go. That's a great That's a great thing to do. So good for them. All right. Here. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of the flowering dogwood myself, Tom. I have one of those in my yard, and that's a, that's a nice treat. Nice. Yeah. All right, I'm trying to multitask and send this link here all right while that's, we're doing so that. we 
we need more adept hands than ours to post those links and to keep everything flowing here obviously <laughs> this is the most uncoordinated people, show so far people are missed right now i can tell you yes. that <laughs> yes. <laughs> right oh, yeah. the links aren't coming fast the show notes are in a random order but uh we're gonna we're making it we're because i want to talk to these musicians and i think yeah no kidding want to exactly. hear what they have to say everybody wants to hear what that said and uh, so you heard about this, the Vietnam veteran uh, William Bill Forbes dedication ceremony is taking place on March 26th. That's the little pathway behind uh, the um, Vietnam Memorial. It oh, is yeah, going to sure. be rededicated the Bill Forbes way. So that's that's a nice project that's coming up. Um, and then we have Melrose Talks together. Yeah. Melrose together. So this is a, a near and dear to our hearts. Uh, our, our own Sam Hammer is involved in this deeply. Um, Melrose talks together with the project, um, and it is called. It's, it's it's part of the One Small Step project. And so, if you folks have ever heard of the StoryCorps um, on NPR and and other places, uh, this is um, a version of that called One Small Step, um, and that is to bring people to. It's one small step. Is the idea is that each thing that we can do to make the world a better place and make our community a better place helps us all become better people. And so the way that we're doing that is by bringing two different people who don't know each other necessarily and maybe come from different backgrounds or have different histories or different experiences, bring them together to talk with each other about their experiences and to see that the differences we feel we have on the surface may not be all that different after all, really, when we get together and chat. So the idea is to record these conversations and to really give people a chance to see um, those who we don't know at all in, in a different light. So we're happy that that's happening. Thank you, Sam Hammer. I'm gonna show the mug here. Uh, there's a, the new mug from Melrose Together. Thanks for those. Thanks um, Mike Miner and the folks at MMTV yeah. for, for paying for the coffee mugs. Um, so again, that's happening. The first recording I think is happening tomorrow night. Um, there is, a, let's get that posted. Is, is there already? There we go. Yeah. So that link will get you to the information that you need to sign up or to learn more or to become more involved. So again, thanks to Sam Hammer and all the other folks involved. Yeah, it's great to hear that the first conversation is teed up. I'm a big yeah. po podcast fan and I love all the local stuff. So I think this will be a great thing to listen in on while you're yeah. hiking in the woods or uh, jogging or uh, um, whatever you're doing, driving around, I guess. Yeah, um, running on the treadmill, whatever you do and, and you're listening to these kinds of things so that's great and you know what else you listen to uh, live music live music <laughs> right live music re and also uh recorded music i'll uh and recorded music now i don't know what to do here do i play the uh, i guess i'll give them the house walk-up music and then we'll listen in on a little bit of these guys create their own music so yeah see, where, where, see what their thoughts are on your selection for for walk-up music Oh, my taste is uh, impeccable. <laughs> I I, uh, I stand ready to stand ready to defend that. Uh, but let's bring up uh, John Cerise of uh, Spotted Owl and Andrew Gravel of the Gravel Project. Hey, there we go. Look at that, guys. Hey, right. welcome aboard. <laughs> what was that instrument, by the way? Was that a bass guitar? I'm not. I'm, I, I'm not it, I, I think it was. I got it off the interwebs. Oh, okay. Back right. in the day when we started this show. All right. So, guys, well, welcome. Yeah. Welcome aboard, Thanks, gentlemen. Uh, so, uh, John Cerise, Andrew Gravel. Uh, so, uh, the the interesting thing, the way that this came about to have the both of you on the show tonight, was you both 
produced and released albums of recorded music uh, in the last, I don't know, couple of months uh, uh, that was presumably developed over the course of the pan pandemic. We want to get uh, get into that with you. But, uh, you know, we all live within, you know, uh, 50 yards of each other. We we're talking about this before the show. So it's amazing yeah. what's come out of the neighborhood and then the music scene in Melrose. So we'd love to hear um, uh, some of the stories. Uh, Andrew, you know, I know you've been uh, been out uh back playing again with the band and maybe you can tell us a little bit about how this album came about. Yeah, sure. Um, well, thanks for having me on the show. First of all, appreciate it. So nice, nice to be here talking with you guys tonight. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the album was kind of, uh, we, we really were kind of in a sort of a songwriting mode, for, uh, you know, probably about two and a half years ago with the thought that we were probably going to crank something out and, um, you know, probably last year, but then with the pandemic, you know, it just kind of gave us more time because it just didn't seem like the time was necessarily right. Um, I know there was a lot of, there were a lot of bands who did release music during the pandemic, but we thought we'd probably get a little bit, uh, more of an impact if we waited until we could kind of, uh, support it with some, some live performances as well. So gave us a little bit more time. Um, and you know, it was, it was kind of a, um, it, it all kind of started with, um, just kind of getting together in small groups, you know, it's like we all had our bubbles. Right. And, um, um, my brother and my good friend, Dave and my good friend, Brandon, uh, we all got together a couple times and started working on some ideas that, uh, that I had and kind of the, the way the songwriting process usually goes is, you know, I bring something to the band and then we all sort of, you know, come up with our own parts and collaborate. And, um, it was, it was a lot of fun. You know, I think, uh, you, you guys probably remember one time we, we did a, yeah. a rehearsal outside in our backyard. So it was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. We got a free concert in the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, so just to switch over, we'll go back and forth here. But John, I would yeah. love to hear sort of the similar kind of origin story of the of the EP you guys just released. Uh, yeah, so we were um, performing under a different name pre-pandemic. We were uh, performing under the name Torres Mouth. And just before the pandemic, we set out to record what we thought was going to be a full-length record. Um, but the pandemic sort of put a halt to those plans. and And so then basically what we have is a core of three members that are local uh and when we played live we brought in some different guys for drum space um so we recorded our whole thing remotely during the pandemic wow. rp oh, so wow. there's another guy in the band who's also a melrosian adam garland uh, yep. who's also a songwriter guitar player singer in the band like myself and um, we have sort of the main recording set up in the basement of his house here in Melrose, but we were sharing microphones and laptops and gear and recording it all in our own houses. And then we, because it was the pandemic and it sort of opened up possibilities for a lot of people in a lot of realms, we employed the uh, services of a friend of ours who lives in New Orleans. And so all of the drumming and bass guitar playing came out of a home studio in New Orleans. We pieced wow. it all together in our home studio in Melrose. Wow. So is that, is it, I mean, for, it's, it's for both of you, I guess. Is it more difficult or just different to record and mix that way when everyone's in different places? Or is it easier to just all be in one place and do it all at one time? Like how, how much different is that? Uh, for... For it's very different for sure. Um, you know, knowing what I know about Andrew's band, they're very much a live thing. So 
he can speak to it, but I assume that they recorded a lot of their stuff live. Um, Together, yeah. And we, I mean, we are very, very much a live thing before the pandemic, but this was just the best way for us to move forward and get this done. So in musical terms, we had to, and we put the drums on last, which is a little bit backwards from how things might typically happen. So we just recorded everything to a, to a metronome and everybody followed that same time, you know, through and we pieced it all together, but it's different for sure. Yeah. And Andrew, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So the way we, uh, we cut the album is we did all the basics um, at Q division in Somerville. Um, definitely my favorite studio in, in greater Boston. Uh, great engineers down there. Just great vibe. They've since moved actually um, to Cambridge. Um, but we were, I think one of the last clients that they had who, who worked in the Somerville location. So, um, so the way that we pretty much operate is, uh, you know, Johnny's right that we try to do as much as we can live. Um, you know, it all starts with the drums and the bass and, uh, w whatever else we can get as, uh, is really takes in the process of really just focusing and prioritizing the drums. Right. So usually that's, uh, some, some rhythm guitar stuff, maybe a solo here or there, but for the most part, it all starts with the kind of the, uh, the structure of everything, which is the drums and the bass. And then right. from there, um, you know, we, we did some, some additional recording at Q division. Um, but actually one of the sort of the personal goals that I had for myself anyways, during the pandemic about just like, you know, picking up some new skills was, um, learning how to do a little bit more production and, um, and recording at home. So, um, it was a great skill set to have. I mean, I had a number of friends who were kind of, um, you know, further along than I was, and, and they were really kind of like looking at trade tracks, you know, when everybody was remote. So it was kind of a, it was a cool thing. I, I, I tried to pick it up as, as fast as I could and ended up as a result doing um, some of the recordings for the album actually here in Melrose and then um, yes. up at our uh, cabin in New Hampshire as well. So nice. yeah, a, a fair amount of it was done remotely and that was partly out of, um, you know, just the convenience of being able to do that. But then I was also partly out of necessity. Nice. And tell us the name of the album again, so we can put that up on the screen. Sure, yeah, the name of the album is Many Miles Ahead. And so this is, a, just to give people a taste, it's a little bit of the, uh, we were listening to this before. That's one of the bonus tracks I found on uh, on Spotify. I was listening to this, so yeah, it's cool. So it's you're very sort of rhythmic, percussive band. I mean, I've seen you guys play live. There's a lot of energy up there. There's a, you know, there's a lot going on. Um, so like when you talk about you bring a song to the band and then you have to end up with this structure, and people collaborate, like, I guess like what's the length of time? Like what's the the process? Like I'm always when I follow bands that I'm fans of i'm always amazed you hear that they're in the studio and then it's like a year and a half later an album comes out so i don't really have a, a window into the process so when you're trying to go from your idea to laying down that basic track to whatever your process is could you speak to a little bit of like what kind of time is involved and and how that how that sort of comes to life yeah for sure um i mean it was kind of a mix out of the songs in this record to be honest the uh we kind of as I was saying earlier about actually like prioritizing the drums when we would go into Q division, we, if you kind of just thought about it in like, in terms of how many drum sessions we did, it was three recording sessions. Right. And the first one we cut four tracks and those songs were songs that were sort of, you know, battle tested. We had played them live um, right before the pandemic hit. And then sort of, so, so those were kind of ready to go as soon as we went into the studio, those just kind of played themselves. 
and then after that it was about coming up with um you know some some new stuff what we actually had was a um we had a rehearsal studio through the pandemic down in malden um called some studios and it, it really was good for us because that was a place where we could get together usually uh once a week and we'd work through some new ideas and, and basically the way that it would go is you know i would come with sort of the the song you know the 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 progression the the words right the idea and then um you know the other guys would basically write their own parts you know so when when our drummer is playing the song he's not just he's not playing something you know different every time he's playing on the verse and then the bridge and the chorus right he has a specific part and not to say that we don't improvise because we do a ton of improvising on certain sections that sort of lend themselves to the improvisation but in terms of you know creating a strong composition you know everybody's composing parts on their own and that was a large part of really what these sort of rehearsals and gatherings consisted of is you know everybody you know basically contributing to the to the overall song uh by doing that and john is that similar to your process I've, I've seen you perform a number of these songs live and it seems to be very well uh very elaborately orchestrated and and um, it's a, it's a totally different kind of music. We'll play a sample in a second here, but, um, yeah. is, is your process sort of the, the, the same in the way that you developed this album? Yeah, definitely. We, we, um, everything we do is very much composed for sure. And everybody does similarly write their own parts. Um, so, you know, myself and, and Adam are the songwriters pretty much equally. And usually what happens is we both write on guitar. So I, I, I'll show up with a, an acoustic guitar that I'll lay down, you know, I'll demo at home, acoustic guitar and vocals, and that's it. And then everybody else sort of, it's fair game to start adding stuff, but then we'll collaborate on that, you know? And again, going back to the process for this record, it was, it was someone would add something to the recording, send it back to the rest of us to sort of, you know, comment, scrutinize, whatever, and then, you know, go back at it until we found stuff that was very cohesive. But yes, everybody composes their own parts, and um and um yeah that's but that's different doing sometimes. that over over mail versus in the room right did you, was that like frustrating at times or inefficient or well it just took a long is. time i think yeah. that's the most frustrating part I, you know we were going to do a 10 song record and we ended up with a four song ep and, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that we were doing it all all remotely you know 100 percent. we didn't even get to rehearse live you know everything was done remotely you know, send a basic structure of a song out and let the guys work on it, send their parts back. And that's just, it's a very time consuming process, but um, but it worked out pretty well. I'm, I'm very happy yeah. with the product. And, and the end um, result is, tell, is great. Uh, so tell us the name of the EP, uh, John, real quick, as he plays. Uh, it's called Filament Sound. Filament Sound is the name of the EP. Spotted Owls is the name of the band. So That's I great. love this stuff. I've been a fan of both of these guys for a while. But uh, uh, John, in your uh, in your band, you've got the trumpet player, and it's a very sort of like it's a totally different vibe. Like I think of Andrew as like a Carlos Santana, Almond Brothers, percussive, you know, thing. And I think of you guys more like it, kind of in that Pink Floyd realm. And there's you know just even the way the vocals and the way everything's put together, yeah. and the, the trumpet stuff is so cool. Um, we definitely have a love of psychedelic music for sure, both uh -huh. classic and, 
contemporary psychedelic music. So that source seems to filter its way into pretty much every song that we write, some type of psychedelic element, you know, dreamy, atmospheric stuff. And the trumpet sort of floats on top of all that in kind of a really dreamy way. So I'm actually a huge fan of our trumpet player, even if he wasn't. I, to, I went to a, a, a concert in Portsmouth, New Hampshire over the weekend because our trumpet player was performing with some other musicians. I'm just such a fan of his playing, you know. Wow. So let's bring it local for, for a couple minutes because I want to talk about Melrose and sort of the, the vibe of Melrose music and sort of how you feel it's, it's received and is there enough opportunities for, for bands and musicians to play and be heard and gather and all of that. So what do you think about uh, the way that Melrose kind of um, uh, connects with its musicians and vice versa? Porch Fest is cool. Um, yeah. I don't know what other opportunities there are beyond Porch Fest for musicians to be heard. I think pandemic-wise, a lot of people playing in driveways outside of Porch Fest, which was very cool to see. And there are a ton of musicians in this town writing, recording um, music. There, there is a ton of people out there. So, I mean, you have to leave Melrose to play live, but that's um, yeah. that's okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, nope. that would be better if there were if there were live music in town. And I think that I think some of that's at beer garden dance. I think some of that's a function of <clears throat> of the um, the rules. So um, Tim Kochansky, who commented earlier, is a local musician. He does uh, stuff all over the greater Boston area and hosts a great block party with live music and and all of that. And I've seen him play and play with him down at Hugh O'Neill's in Malden over the line because it's kind of a traditional bar. And, you know, they can have open mic nights and whatever live music down there and people can have a meal. Actually, last time I went there, I ran into Tom Shampoo. There we having go. A, was... Having a meal with uh, with his wife and son celebrating yeah. his birthday. Uh, and so you can get the meal here in Melrose and you can get a couple of drinks with all the rules, but you don't have the live music. And I, I don't know. I don't know if the drinking rules impede that or if the places just aren't set up with any kind of stage area i mean certainly hugh o'neill's is not sort of super fancy stage area or anything but personally i'd like to see more of that uh kind of performance venue in town this is not music but um uh, i'm blanking on her name on march 28th is playing over at uh, rising eagle the comedy show uh, oh julie nolan julie nolan thank you uh, so i'm curious to see just how that kind of performance even starts to take shape over time but right yeah yeah, I don't know, Andrew, if you want to speak to anything, you know, uh, Melrose specific, I know you play out all over, but. Um... Yeah, I mean, I know that there's a lot of uh, great musicians in Melrose. I just don't know uh, if there's really any places to perform. Um, I would agree with you. I think that it has a lot to do with uh, the blue laws or whatever they're called. You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, come on, guys, this is 2022, right? That's, uh, I mean, in my opinion, we'd be better off uh, thinking differently about that. Yeah. Yeah, we've talked about that here on the show for lots of, in, in lots of different ways, but it's, it's sort of the same conversation, the beer garden, which we which came up just now, the, the stage for any kind of performance, whether it's a play or comedy or musicians or all of that. Um, Jen LeClaire talks a lot about that as well with her arts initiatives, arts and uh, culture initiatives. And so, yes, there's lots of opportunities. And I do feel like there's going to be a way to open up that conversation with more important people than we are to help answer this and help uh, allow this to happen. Um, Cause I think you're right, John, uh, there's so many great and talented musicians in, in Melrose and we see them at porch fest There's 90 bands playing 
30 or 40 yeah. locations around the city every every fall. Um, so people love it and people uh, enjoy the music both as a as a provider of music, as a as a musician, and also as a spectator, like we are, um, or like I am. So I would love to find a way to get to get you guys both up on stage somewhere and playing, you know, here in Melrose. It's not right. It's not <laughs> right, right, damn it. That's I that's, that's my right. rant. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask a little bit more, I, I guess, kind of about, about the bands. We heard John about the the your trumpet player and Adam, who's from Melrose. But I know Andrew, you play with your brother, and I think that's an interesting uh, kind of uh, dynamic. Um, and just just like like to hear a little bit of the backstory on that. Have you guys been doing that since you were kids? Yeah, pretty much. Um, he moved away to uh, he went down to the College of Charleston and uh, lived there after he graduated. He, he majored in jazz performance down there and um there's a lot of great opportunities especially there were a lot of great opportunities especially for him um during that time period but after 10 years he ended up moving back here and i think uh, 2015 or 2016 um when he was down there you know we still found ways to play together you know i would visit him and we do some gigs and recording sessions and you know vice versa but um you know since he's been back in massachusetts that's when he joined the band and really kind of um, you know, it, it was kind of like a rebirth, I guess, of the band. Um, and not that we had been around very long uh, prior to that, but we used to have a bass player, and basically Jordan moved in. He plays uh, the Hammond organ. Uh, we don't have a bass player in our band, actually. Jordan plays all the bass on his left hand. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it just kind of gave us a different sound. So, you know, yeah, we've been uh, very fortunate. Our, our relationship, I think, has been, um, you know, certainly enhanced over the years since we were kids just based on our musical connection. Cool. And then, uh, who? What's the rest of the makeup of the band? Are they regular players, permanent players, or do you do? You, uh, how do you structure that? Yeah. So Dave Fox is our drummer. He probably does about ninety-five percent of the gigs that we do. Um, there's a very, very short list of drummers who I would be comfortable sort of having as a sub after Dave. Um, and then, um, you know, historically we've had Brandon Mays, um, who's a really great percussionist and vocalist um play with us and then he's uh he's in, involved in a number of different projects now he's he's on our record but um he's a little bit harder to pin down these days and we've been extremely fortunate to have been hooked up with uh a a, a master named uh eggy castrio he's a world world-renowned latin percussionist he, he spent uh most of his life on the road with Tito Puente, uh he toured with jennifer lopez stevie winwood uh the list goes on and on He's a Berkeley professor, and he's he's literally known in you know the Latin uh, circles as, as being one of the the greatest in the world. And uh, we've been incredibly fortunate to get hooked up with him, and he's become a permanent member of the band um, as of this year. So um, it's really added quite a bit to our sound. Cool! Wow, you guys are off and running. And and Johnny, yeah. I, I, what what do you think? You you got the three core members who are all local. You, Adam, your trumpet player. Uh, but you had your drummer down in New Orleans, and I don't know where you stand with the basses. So, like, are you guys going to be out playing anywhere that folks can see you, or, uh, you know, what are you uh, thinking yeah, about? Yeah, so we're in front? the process now of compiling a uh, band to perform this music. Um, when we yeah. when we used to play out pre-pandemic, we had uh, a few different guys we would use, and so none of those guys were really permanent members. So now we're we're putting together um, a permanent band, and I think we could expect to get out on a regular gigging schedule by early summer. Nice. Nice. 
Nice. Yeah. And then that will that will that sort of birth more music? And you said you were originally aiming at 10 songs. Like, will you end up recording more, like sort of go out and perform them and perfect them and then go back to the studio? Is that how that works? Yeah, absolutely. We, we've actually I mean, we've already got three more songs pretty far down the road in the recording process and a lot more behind that as well that are already written and ready to go. And um, I've been writing lately, too. Um, this is kind of interesting is writer's block during the pandemic, which I heard was rampant amongst artists for some reason. And I had a hard time reading material for a while. And lately there's been a, the floodgates have opened a little bit. So we have some new material that we're starting to work on too. So we won't be at a loss for material to perform and to, and to start recording again. So uh, I like the EP format. Um, so our plan, we'll see how it all shakes out, but our plan is to get another four or five songs out behind this EP pretty quickly. Nice. And then Sounds what are what should people be doing to support you guys as musicians? Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm downloading on Spotify. I don't know if that's the vehicle. I don't know if you got t-shirts and coffee mugs. Um, we should go out to, and buy tickets to live performances. What's, you know, what, what's the, what should the folks who are watching and listening think about when they're, when they're interested to support some of their favorite local musicians? either of you? I would say Bandcamp is a great vehicle because you can purchase music very affordably and most of the proceeds go directly to the musicians. So our music is on Spotify and Apple Music uh, and all of the streaming platforms. And of course you can purchase music on iTunes too, but uh, Bandcamp is great. You can go on there and, and purchase and get a download that way. And uh, of course, merch is always great. We're not, our merch game isn't, isn't flourishing right now by any means, but, uh, but that's always a great well, well, can I, I know somebody, a uh, mutual friend of ours uh, named, last name Hammer, that might be able to help. <laughs> pull, She's a good t-shirt. Pull some strings. Pull some logo <laughs> yes. strings, yeah. <laughs> yes. What about you, Andrew? What do you, what do you think? What's the best way to yeah. support? I mean, I would definitely echo what Johnny was saying. I mean, I, I myself, I use Spotify for accessing a lot of music, but I always try to, you know, I, I always try to actually purchase the album if I really love an album or if I'm really trying to support a musician, a lot of them, you know, local. Um, Bandcamp is by far the best place to do it because they give uh, the, the majority of the proceeds directly to the bands. Um, so, yeah, I mean, purchasing music is, uh, it means a lot. You know, it's not everybody um, thinks of music as, you know, they don't necessarily get to pay for it anymore, right? I mean, we have this thing in our heads where music is free and that's a relatively new phenomenon, right? So, um, you know, buying the music is something that musicians greatly appreciate. And then also, as Johnny said, you know, merch is great. And then I would just add, you know, going to the shows and yeah, you know, buying the ticket, you know, if it's a ticketed show or just supporting the, the bands uh, as, as, as we're out there playing live. Uh, so my kids are 19 to 22 and uh, they grew up in, a, in an age of streaming music that actually that dad pays for and the family plan and, and all of that. But they love collecting uh, albums and now also CDs. And I'm asking them like, you know, and I've helped them, you know, put together some some record players and things. And so they but they love the artifact. And so. Some of them, you know, they want, they'll listen to it streaming, but they want to have the album and then they want to have also the CD for driving around in the car. And they just, so uh, 
uh, both daughters have asked for CDs for recent birthdays, and my son's got a bunch of albums. And so I think they, they do value that artifact of the thing as there's some kind of connection. And a lot of it are, are, are big artists that they're um, supporting in that way, but they, they do like that. So it's been fascinating for me to see that, uh, see that come back into play. I heard CDs were coming back. I, you know, I, I'm not sure I believe it yet, but I mean, that's, that's great. You know I mean? I'm, yeah. I'm kind of from that old school thought, right? I mean, I can't, if there's an album that I really love, I can't just have it exist in this virtual world. You know what I mean? It's like, I have to be able to hold something in my hands while I listen to it. And that was actually a big consideration. I have a, uh, so we, we decided to do some vinyl. So here's a copy of wow. yeah. vinyl. Um, and it seems like there's a lot of demand for, for vinyl with people who really are into listening these days. Um, more so I would even argue than CDs. Um, we sold, more vinyl than we have CDs since we released the album. So, wow. My, my son is uh, 19. He's, he's a college student and he got into vinyl uh, about a year, maybe two years ago. We, we got him a player for his birthday and all that. And, he, and then he pulled open the jacket and pulled out the record and there's all the, like the liner notes and there's a poster. And he's like, oh my God, this is phenomenal. <laughs> Like, yeah, that's what you used to get with the albums. You used to get stuff, you know, and, and, and people loved it. You know, they couldn't wait to open that up and kind of uncork that. So that's, that's great that it's coming back like that. And they're also listening to Fleetwood Mac and the Cars and like yeah. listening to all this throwback stuff. And then I would agree with you on the quality, uh, unless it's the placebo effect. We got a, a record player set up and I found like a John Cougar Mellencamp album or something and threw it on there. And I was like, my God, it sounds like the acoustic guitar is in this room with me. I couldn't believe the difference uh, listening yeah. to an album versus what I've been used to for whatever, a decade. So yeah. it's fascinating. Um, so speaking of this, I was just curious before we wrap, we're, we're running late on time, but I just wonder what, what kind of music you guys are listening to, uh, Andrew. Uh, you know, what's what's on much. your playlist these days or uh, local big celebrities, <laughs> whatever you're into? Yeah, um, that's a tough question because um, I listen to a lot of, of different stuff. You know, um, there's definitely some some local bands that I'm that I'm really into. Um, one of the local bands that I really like is called Ghosts of Jupiter. Um, they've been around for a bit. We're actually going to be doing some shows with them um, coming up in April and then also in May. Um, so looking forward to, uh, to, to partnering with them, but they have some incredible uh, recorded music. Um, definitely encourage anybody who's sort of into that Pink Floyd kind of vibe to oh, check yeah. them out. It's just, just really, really great. Um, and then, um, you know, we're also going to be partnering with another, uh, some other friends of ours who are in a band called the band of killers and they're a relatively new band. They don't have an album out yet, but, um, they're just getting things off the ground right now. It's just, uh, I mean, the name says it all. It is, it is killer. So, mm-hmm. um, really into that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to name them all. Right. But I mean, in terms of, uh, more national acts that I'm always listening to sort of in the rock genre or whatever we want to call it. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Tedeschi trucks band. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, um, I also listen to, I mean, I'm a guitar player, right? So I listen to a lot of, uh, different types of guitar, whether it's, you know, rock blues or tons of jazz too. So I'm a huge fan of, uh, you know, John Schofield and, um, yeah. So I, I try to keep my ears open to a lot of different stuff. Nice. Nice. And John, what about, what about you, Johnny? Um, yeah, I've been getting some inspiration lately from some 
um, some Fleet Foxes because I love just the rich, thick harmonies that exist there, especially their new album. It's called Shore, Grammy nominated, just a beautiful, beautiful record. So that's been in heavy rotation. There's a band out of Australia called King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, uh, <laughs> who I'm a big fan of. Too. I think you've sent some me some really, links to really their stuff. Yeah, psychedelic music there, you know. So um, yeah, been, been listening to those guys. There's you know. And then when I'm in a pinch, I always listen to the Beatles. So I can never, I can never yeah. escape. I never, yeah. you know. So. <laughs> yeah. Wow. What'd you think of that movie yesterday, where the guy is the only one in the world who remembers all the Beatles song? I actually Did didn't that? see it. I thought the concept was interesting, and then, um, and then I never saw it. So I, <laughs> I, I saw it twice, and I swear to God, it was better the second time. I think the the trailer looked so good, and I was just like all discombobulated the first time I saw it. I was like, "This isn't right." Then it was on again. I'm flipping through the channels, and I watched it. I was like, oh, "Actually, it's pretty good." Yeah, and Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran makes an appearance That's, in that movie. Yes, and so listen, uh, we can take this offline, and we have you meet with the legal department, but. When you're planning the next albums, uh, maybe one or both of you want to cover the theme song to Let's Talk Melrose Melrose. So I'm sure we can work out a royalty arrangement or whatever, uh, and we, we can work on that with the legal team offline. So just want to let you know we're, we're open to it. I know you guys have been thinking about it most likely. So Sure, of course. <laughs> it's <laughs> so too catchy have, not to. <laughs> that's right. We could have different versions, uh, different takes on the theme song. From Psychedelic we, version, the uh, Pink Floyd version. Yeah, yes. Sure. Yeah, the right, so, and so it might be time to listen to that great tune one more time uh, as yep. we prepare to wrap. But thank you both for uh, for coming on the show, uh, for sharing. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for for sharing what you do. Uh, thanks for being great Melrosians and uh, and just sharing music with the world. It's been great to and it's been just great to learn a little bit about how this all came about and how the process works. Really good stuff. And to remind people that Melrose has a whole bunch of talented people around and. Even right next door. I mean, the neighbors around us here are just incredibly talented. So thanks for both of you. All right. Thanks for having us. We'll see you around town. (laughs) The musicians are standing still during our song. These to be bumped up. They want it loud. (laughs) 